Hey guys, hope all is well. This is episode 7 of Vivo Radio coming at you very shortly. It's our last episode of the year, so we want to finish strong. This one is all about sugar and the different types. Natural sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, stevia, aspartame, xylitol, sucralose, everything in between. We've had quite a few questions about sugar over the past few weeks, so I thought it'd be great to sit down and cover it all in one episode. This one is with myself, Salve and Christian. We managed to all get together and meet up for this one, which was really nice. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it. We will be back in a couple of weeks in the new year. We've got some epic plans for 2017. I can't wait to share those with you guys. We're going to be dropping some hints over the Christmas period and we should have some more details for you very, very early January. So probably before the next podcast, there'll be some stuff ready to get excited about. Anyway, I hope you guys have an amazing Christmas and a great new year, whatever you are up to. I look forward to seeing you all again in 2017. We are open over the Christmas period. I'm just taking a couple of weeks break, but uh, the site will be running as normal all the way through. Our last postage date is 22nd of December. We'll be back in on the 28th, shipping again through to New Year, a couple of days off in New Year, and then back with a bang January 3rd. So can't wait for what 2017 is going to bring. Hope you enjoy this episode, guys. Hope you get something out of it. I will see you all very, very soon. Like one of the topics which people found really interesting from when I was doing the whole sugar wheat thing is um, like where it's hidden. Okay. So people found that really interesting, like the naked smoothies and stuff like that. People that blew people's minds. Like the amount of people that still say, oh, mate, that sugar video about all the bloody, how much sugar is in a naked smoothie and stuff yeah. like that. So sort of like what products are, where you can most find, uh, where, where you can like sort of hide it. Well, this is it, right? So sugar is everywhere these days. And because it's hidden under so many names as well, like it's not mm. just like if you're looking for sugar on a label, it's not just, you won't just see sugar, you can see Glucose, glucose syrup, sucrose, yeah, yeah. Uh, fructose. High, gl- high corn. High fructose, high corn, fructose syrup. corn syrup. Yeah, which all is of just them. absolutely everywhere. And even like things like agave syrup and stuff. So you've got to be really sugar conscious, especially if you're buying stuff like with a label on, like a smoothie. But ultimately, um, did it come under nutritional facts and sugar? Well, no, because they can put it under different names. Cause they don't just have to put white sugar in, so they can put different forms of sugar. Yeah, but I mean. No. Well, if you're looking at the nutrition yeah. facts, if you're looking at the sugar like content on a label, then it's obviously something you've got to be wary of. Yeah, but I guess if you went off that, like the sugar content being too high, then does that not solve the problem? But then a lot of the issues, like what I've saw is a lot of them will tell you, which again, I, was, I found really interesting, is that some will tell you what's in, so say you have your bar or your drink, a lot will tell you what's in 100 mill- or 250 millilitres, yet yeah, that's a 400 millilitre drink. Yeah. yeah, and true. off just one quick browse, you know, you yeah. have your per 100 milliliter column, which everyone's used to. Yeah, yeah. And you looked at the right, expecting to see your per 250 mil, or per bottle. It's not yeah. per bottle, it's per bar bar. So actually, you need, like, it's things, it's hidden everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something that people found interesting in the, the stuff that I did. Um, so just making people aware of what they're buying. And, so if someone's buying like a juice or a smoothie then, what what would be like the first place you'd tell them to look like for for instance, would you look at the total sugar content per hundred mils, two hundred and fifty mils, five hundred mils and then kinda of work out what you're working with there? Yeah, I guess. I mean I'd i my advice would first be to look at what the sugar where what the source of the sugar is. Yeah. So whether that's fruit, natural fruit, whether it says it's from natural fruit flavourings, which is a misty world on its own. Mm. Um whether it's from straight up sugar, refined sugar, or whether that's from, you know, any other source. And then if it's if it's not got a high sugar reading, also just read your label to make see if they're using any sugar replacements. Yeah. Um, so these naked juices, what, is it just fruit that they contain? Or do they contain like other sweeteners and stuff? The naked or? juices don't actually contain much fruit. Oh really? Uh, okay. Like, well, it's pureed sort of fruit and right, what yeah, that yeah. looks like. I don't know what the naked factory looks like. I'm sure they are using natural fruit. Right. However, it claims like to be an all-round vegetable smoothie and have flax seeds and matcha and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But actually, if you look at the back of the label, one of the ones that had sort of veg on the title or, or veg in the picture actually had no vegetables in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. then it has like eight different fruit ingredients, some from 
uh, flavour, some puree, some natural flavourings, which again, like I said, are misty. Yeah. Um, and all of that's being juiced up. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty crazy the intake you're looking at. And then pasteurised to high heaven, so there's no nutrient content in anyway, right? Exactly. So and then that's... how long's the shelf life of a naked smoothie? Probably what, like a year or two years? Yeah. So how long are those nutrients actually going to be sat there? <laughs> I know they can discuss that with new technology, it can sit within a bottle for X amount of time. Yeah. But I know, having met with juice companies, that they struggle the one thing they struggle with in getting into stores is the shelf life yeah and that's because an actual juice probably only lasts like what 48 hours yeah and now they've got new technology which might drive that up to a week yeah yeah so if you're buying a smoothie or something that's sitting on the shelf for two years yeah how much of that is actually you know how much of it's good maybe not the healthy option because if you make a juice from home like it'll turn brown in like a day won't it two yeah. days max well, so. sunlight actually wrecks well, fine, juices an hour and, uh, yeah. Well, at least cut an apple open and it goes brown, it? Like, almost straight away. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the oxygen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It. So, so air and light. When you're shredding it completely, oxygen's getting put instantly to every area of it, isn't it? Yeah. So it's fine, let's just put it in the fridge or a freezer. A freezer, really, overnight. Yeah. Or a fridge within a few hours. That's what I've recommended people do. Is it's it's hassle, um, and I, you know, I'm. I don't actually live up to it the whole time myself huh. is that you should actually if you are someone who has smoothies on the go the whole time or if you're taking them to work or if you want them to last is buy a dark container okay. so like buy a black um, shaker or whatever it is yeah. and store it in that so no sunlight's getting to it and the tight lid so no oxygen's getting to it and then also if you are storing them at home store them in your freezer and then defrost them the next morning or whatnot and then you can actually play around with I mean, Instagram's full of smoothie bowls. What's actually really nice is actually if you make a smoothie, chuck it in the freezer, and then let it um, defrost for like 20 minutes or whatever, okay. and eat it half frozen. So, so then you get like a sorbet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any way you can find making health fun, I guess, is a is a yeah. win, right? Yeah. yeah. And they have um, what is it? HPP pasteurization now. That's uh, yeah. I think that's a better way of doing it. Like if you're buying, you see like cold press juices on the on the shop shelves and stuff. You have got like cold press. Um, Savsay smoothies, do you know them? I have, yeah, yeah, I've seen them, uh, yeah. Veg Essentials are another one, and they do HPP pasteurization, which is pasteurization without heat, so that extends the shelf life okay. without having to kind of like nuke it into oblivion. Because we haven't actually talked about it, but pasteurization basically involves like it's like 15 seconds of really intense heat to kill all the bacteria. But what that does as well is it kills all the nutrients, yeah. so you're basically left with just kind of sugar in a bottle. So HPP is better, it's not the best. Uh, obviously, the best way to be kind of making it from home, but like HPP is certainly like a step up. So yeah. look out for that where you can. There's such an issue in general with making natural, healthy foods with great ingredients and fresh food, mm. which is like what you encourage everyone to eat. But I feel everyone's pain because it's actually not always easily accessible. Because I know the people producing, having met with many of them, producing these products is that when they don't put crap in their um, products, when they don't use stabilising stuff, yep. they just can't have a shelf life. Yeah. So they can't compete with the people putting rubbish in their products yeah, with a shelf hard, life. So, uh, so I guess the alternative there would be to go to like a juice bar or something where they're making it fresh. Maybe yeah. like if you've got to be lucky enough to have one nearby, that would be a really good option. Um, I know that even Whole Foods won't stock a, anything with a shelf life of less than three days. Obviously, they make their own juices, so yeah. they don't need the brand competitors who can't on that but I know that they have said no to companies with shelf lives under three days or okay. whatever their product is be that you know sort of a fresh bircher or whatever yeah. it is um, it's just not worth their time because of the wastage yeah, or potential I, wastage I find if I see juice in a bottle that I'm not going to drink it because it's going to affect my digestion and it's going to be high sugar content yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's one juice in a bottle that you can say that that's a great healthy option okay but I don't know I don't unless you think there is I always find like that's actually gonna make me bloat okay. I find out it you bloat off a juice and the acidic you get from it is that because you're having it with food no just on its own okay that's interesting and um, yeah I find it's the sugar content and that the sugar is like fermented inside the bottle yeah um, but I find with vegetable drinks I see them as a lot different. Okay. But I think it's because they don't carry such a high sugar content. Yeah. And them, I do feel like you can get a bit of value out of a, mm -hmm. a vegetable drink that's in a bottle, even if it's not optimum. 
Yeah. Because you're not getting the other the other side symptoms from it. Okay. But, um, That's what people need to understand about juicing and smoothies in general, though, because they sort of easily come under the same header. Yeah, yeah. People's like, are you having a juice, a juice? If you ask them if you're having a juice or a smoothie, a lot of people wouldn't actually know what the difference is, but yeah. there is a massive difference, hence the different names. A juice is extracting the minerals and the vitamins from a fruit or a vegetable yeah. without the presence of fiber, so yeah. it's super fast acting and you have access to all of that. Yeah. Whereas a smoothie is blending it all down, but whilst uh, maintaining all the fiber and stuff, so it's a far slower digestive process once you consume it. Yeah. Um, and both have their pros and cons. So with a juice, if you think about that, however, if with a juice, if you only juice five pieces of fruit, technically what you're doing, I don't know many people that would eat five pieces of fruit just generally without yeah. it being a juice. What you're doing is taking all of that and throwing it into your system without the process of digestion, which basically means you're just getting fructose overload mm -hmm. and that's going to be too much for your liver to deal with. Yeah. Likelihood is it will probably store a lot of it as fat. Yeah. Um, so that's why when I tell people if they're juicing, try and juice mainly vegetables and then plump it up with a bit of um, fruit because they're getting all access to all the minerals from the fruit is an amazing thing. There are some wonderful things to gain from eating fruit, but I'd always rather eat that so I have the fiber there so I don't suddenly spike my sugar levels. Yeah, and I guess if you find as well, if you're someone that's sugar sensitive, then you're going to be a lot more sensitive to like a juice, aren't you? Because yeah. whereas with the smoothie, like you're getting all the fiber and all the water content that comes with it, so it's going to like everything's going to slow down, and you're not going to get that instant sugar spike, like you say. Yeah. So I think that if you are sugar sensitive, then a smoothie would be a better option because you won't be able to have as much, you won't be able to process as much concentrated sugar in one go. I say, juice for minerals or vitamins, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, blend for meals yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as it were so like your smoothie should be a sort of a calorific hit as well as a nutrient hit yeah whereas your juice is a nutrient hit so yeah. think about the nutrients that you want to get out of that rather than um, and that's the way smoothies are amazing and because you can chuck in extra stuff into it and make yeah. something wicked and you can actually really enjoy your smoothie as a meal yeah um, and that's I sort of would always tell people that's the smart way to go with it and also what's more enjoyable to eat fruit or veg like I think most people probably get more satisfaction out of eating an apple or banana or a handful of blueberries yeah. than they do a handful of kale. Yeah. So I'd rather drink yeah. the kale if I yeah, can, if exactly. I can, if I can smash that down into a juice. Yeah. And eat the banana, and that's the better way of doing it. I think yeah. my people people prefer the juices because it's nice and it's not bitty. Yeah. And it's but then it's easier to make a smoothie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but like you say, the texture is not as nice. It's too too thick. Too bitty. Yeah. Well, juices Especially are expensive as well, aren't they? Like, from good juice, you've got to go like, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah 100, 150 quid. You've got to clean that crap up. A lot of cleanup. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's exactly. why I can't be bothered. I'm like, oh, yeah. I started buying one of those um, the Nutri Blenders where yeah, you just yeah. put it on. That's what I've got, yeah. I used yeah, it about a week after. I was like, I can't even drink it because <laughs> it's, it's so too bitty. Yeah, yeah. There's a real art to trying to make a nice vegetable smoothie in a Nutri Blender. I've been back and forth with it. It's not easy. And also, like, it's a thing I think you phase in and phase out of your life. You don't go, right, I'm not going to have my breakfast anymore. I'm going to go 100% from this to eating all these, all these fruits in a blender and do it every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because it solves one area of my life. It's not that case, is it? Especially the winter comes, you want to maybe be, maybe be varying your diet or not having it every day or... or or mixing up with something else, <coughs> or like you say, being a bit more adventurous with the recipes. You, yeah. had, you had lots of different ingredients, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I chuck in all sorts, yeah. That's like the beauty and the negative of smoothies and juices, is like, the beauty of it being it's so accessible, it's so easy, and you can throw in all these different macronutrients. The negative, being that there's a lot of misguided stuff in there and there's lots of promotion. People promote these uh, juice cleanses. I see juice cleanses okay. everywhere. Mm. People promoting this cleanse. But actually to cleanse appropriately and healthily is actually a very difficult thing. You actually have to go to someone who knows what they're doing. Mm. And if you're doing, say, like a five-day cleanse, you should then be reintroduced. If you're actually going to cleanse your body, you then want to look at what you're reintroducing to your body as well. Because yeah. if your body's now in a state where it can take in new nutrients... You then don't want to go and throw in all the wrong rubbish because yeah. then you've just basically cleansed for no reason. Mm. No, and it's the people that go out, right? So they'll eat like McDonald's and fast food, Chinese takeaways for five days, and they'll do a juice cleanse at the weekend and think yeah. like that makes it all okay. So then two days later, they can start like throwing down yeah. all that food again. It yeah, it might like help that. with your calorie intake, but technically you're kind of just yo yo darting in that case. Yeah. It's not really exactly. 
to get the main benefits out of it. To suffer for five days for a juice cleanse to then throw a load of crap back in there when you've just created the space for you know all sorts of good new bacteria and whatever to welcome into your life. Yeah. It's it's kind of inversely productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving away from them then, because I know this was meant to be like a sugar uh, sugar focused podcast, should I say? So obviously, fruit is like the most natural source of sugar on the planet. The difference is when you're having that compared to like an isolated sugar, you're getting all the fiber and water that comes with it. So you're not going to be able to eat like you could quite easily crush like 40 grams of sugar in like a Twinkie bar. That would be really yeah. easy, but you're going to have to eat like maybe four apples or something, and that's going to be a lot harder to do. Yeah. So that's why fruit is kind of like there's a lot of confusion about fruit. People kind of put it all under the same umbrella as sugar, but it's obviously processed a lot, lot different. Uh, people see because obviously the main sugar in fruit is fructose, and people are very scared about high fructose corn syrup which is completely valid like people that's not a good ingredient but because people have been there's been so much scaremongering about fructose and high fructose corn syrup then people are thinking all fructose is the same so they look at the fructose and fruit and think oh okay they can't have that whereas really it's not fructose that is a problem it's the high fructose Mm. corn syrup it's the isolated fructose and things like the high fructose corn syrup that is going to be causing the problem Mm. and that is that brings me nicely onto agave syrup which is obviously uh, marketed as a healthy sweetener because it's mm. a natural sweetener. Mm. Um, but it's basically got the same fructose content as high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, it's 90, I think it's around 90%, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is mad. And basically that is, uh, it goes straight into the liver. The liver can't process it because it's not designed to process that much fructose because when the body normally takes in fructose, it takes it in with fibre and water when it takes it in with fruit. Whereas with agave, it goes straight into the liver and then it's like, well, what do I do with this? And it can't metabolize it. So you try glycerides go up, and it will basically just store it as fat. Yeah. Because I fell for the agar syrup sort of trend. Yeah. You do see it in a lot of health bars, and yep. you see agar syrup, and you think, oh yeah, that's the healthy sugar. Yeah. But what is the best alternative to the syrup, to syrup, agar syrup, for slower? Agave got its name. Oh God, it's like praise because it's super low on the glycemic index. Yeah. So therefore people were like, oh, it digests really slowly. It's wicked. But they just sort of miss, skipped over the fact that it's 90% fructose. So however low on the glycemic index you sit, you're st- it's still not going to be great. Yeah. Um, and when your body, basically, if you put anything in your mouth, your body then is going to decide whether it's breaking it down as sugar, amino acids, which your proteins or fats. And then... If it's sugar, which is like all your carbohydrates, mm-hmm. it's then what is present. And you spoke about fiber. So what's present in that sugar and how complex are the strands of that? Yeah. Whereas so the, um, the, how complex are the strands of a high fructose corn syrup? Not very. Yeah, so your yeah. body just it just flies through your body and it spikes you. Diabetes in a bottle. Yeah, literally chaos. And to go answer your question, Sal, what for me, what I think the best sources of these sweeteners or sugar, I just I I mean, this, I like to go natural on it as yep. whenever possible, um, but locally sourced honey, yep. because um, the thought of it being local is that's actually really good for like allergens and stuff, helping people with allergies. Mm-hmm. If you're asthmatic and it's coming into the season, actually sort of think about using something because if it's local, it's all the bacteria that's being flown around where you're at and where you're living. Um, well, isn't, isn't, isn't the feeling that they pick up the bees pick up the pollen from the flowers that are near you? And then when it turns it into the honey, that that um, the pollen is present in such trace amounts that your body builds an immune response to exactly. it. Like when you get a vaccination, exactly. you get a very small amount of that disease. It's kind of a similar. Yeah. They say when you've got hay fever, if you take local honey, yeah. it will reduce the um, symptoms. Yeah. But I think what it is, people go, oh, I'm going to take local honey, and they take a spoonful, and they're like, oh, it hasn't worked. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think, what it is, I think like, it's all oh, very gradual, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just feel like coming into summer season, it's like, oh, let's start putting local honey into my, into my it's diet. Like, yeah. It should be from that approach. Children who grow up with dogs are less likely to have asthma because they get micro exposures when they're at their most receptive they get like micro exposures to whatever dog fur and stuff whatever you have the ability to be breathing i don't know what the you know the exact science behind that is yeah but it's it's all about micro exposures to different types of bacteria okay and that's how you build up your immune system like you said the way in which that honey works is those tiny micro exposures and it's the way your body then learns to defend against it and work with it yeah um coming back to the sugars there's also um, honey, coconut sugar, which is it's called coconut sugar, which is actually like ironic because it's not it's from the sap of a coconut, I believe. Yeah. I always wonder where it was coming from. It's from the sap tree sap. Yeah, it? of the coconut tree. Yeah. Um, so it's a tree, is it? 
So actually, I mean, obviously sugar in there makes it sell, but actually yeah. sugar doesn't necessarily need to be in there in the title, probably. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but some people call it coconut nectar, don't they? So there you go. clever with it, so it sounds like, you know, um, much more. And better. that's uh, got a lower level of fructose than both honey and the other sort of natural version, which is maple syrup. Yeah. Um, so that sits lower fructose level and I think a lower glycemic index, but don't quote me on that. Um, so just while we're on that subject then, would you say a low fructose content, if you're looking for a natural sweetener, would you say a low fructose content is the main thing that you should be looking for? Um, I think, yeah, I think natural organic would be the first one. So don't initially don't get too caught up about it all. Okay. So if you're eating something naturally and organic, like a honey, yeah. I think you're not going to go too far wrong. Like I think I'd, I wouldn't worry it, so yeah, much in, about in, in, in moderation. But in like moderation, you're not unless like you're banging spoonfuls of the stuff. Every unless, day, like me, you can't control the squeezing it over your pancakes, <laughs> yeah. and it just yeah. gets a but certain you amount. Also, you say fibre is the biggest differentiator from just having fructose out of a bottle mm. or having a banana. Yeah. So what happens if I'm having my oats and I'm putting a little bit of honey in it? Are you telling me that that should reduce the digestibility so I get less of a spike? Well, it's definitely going to show. It's going to slow the blood sugar. No, it is. It's going to slow the blood sugar spike because your body, when you eat a meal, your body doesn't doesn't like separate it all into different compartments to say like the oats go there, the honey goes there, the yeah. almond milk goes there. You know, yeah. it's basically it's treating it as one like massive globule, which basically it is when it hits the stomach. So the fiber in the oats is going to slow. Like if you imagine, if I gave you if I gave you a tablespoon of honey to eat now, you'd probably get like a bit of energy spike, wouldn't you? And then like you crash quite quickly. Yeah. But as if I gave you like some oats with some hemp seeds and some yeah. flax seeds and some honey, like you're going to get a more sustained energy because mm. that's obviously the fiber and mm. the protein kind of slowing mm. the digestion. Mm. So that is kind of that's so in a way it's not so choosing the right sugar is obviously a big part of it. Yeah, but it's also in the context of how you're eating your sugar because definitely if you're because again, you can almost get away with some sugars in, in certain quantities if you're eating them with certain foods. Yep. But if you're literally eating sweets out of a packet or a soda drink or whatever, then it's spiking your system because it's going straight into your system without any slow release. And that's what's making your organs overwork because it's happened to balance out the sugar levels. Yeah, ex um, ex exactly. It can. It's tiring. And then that's when you get the energy spike. And then when it goes the other way, you get the um the tiredness, so then you go back for sugar again, yeah, or coffee, yeah. and then you get spike again. Yeah. When when you get slow release, you get slow release of energy, then you get slow dip. Yeah. So we got honey, we got maple syrup, and we've got agave syrup. So if we're looking for lower fructose, would you say lower fructose and stuff? You go for your coconut sugar. Yeah. Um, in in general, I'd be inclined to just say use your because I don't think the coconut one tastes as nice and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And dude, a bit of caramel. Yeah, it's not it's not for me necessarily. I, I, I use it, but it's not for me, and it's also a lot more expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd always rather just buy local organic honey yeah. and just use it in moderation. Yeah. Um, because I love the taste of it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the benefits of it really rich in vitamin B and manganese and stuff. So it's it's really it's got some great stuff in there. Yeah. Just try and resist. I know when you look at honey, to me it feels like a rich, you don't need a scientist to tell you that it's rich in, in nutrition. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It looks like gold, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. The bees are collecting it and they know the value of it. Yeah. The bees are going to work that hard. <laughs> well, Someone's got to reward them, right? If you think as so well, like if you go back that like, hundreds of years, when like tribes people would basically, and they still do it, they'd raid like a beehive to get yeah, the honey. Yeah. They wouldn't do they that if it wasn't. Them. Yeah, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't <laughs> risk being stung by like thousands of bees. Like, for, and now we're like, pull out the bucket. Yeah, shelves, exactly. Like, nah, we're skipping that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> going straight to the source and buying, buying, raiding proper nice stuff. Whereas yeah. if you go and buy honey now at the supermarket, well, it's good. quite a lot, it's quite difficult to make your decision, isn't it? Because there's yep. like the basics level. Yep. And I actually haven't researched what's going yeah. in, what the difference is between whether it's just the farming of the bees or whether it's actually well, additional products into there. I can tell you a bit about this. So a lot of the cheap honey you get in supermarkets is actually cut with agave syrup because it's okay. cheaper. Uh, so they'll, or they'll cut it with high fructose corn syrup or just sugar. A lot of the cheap 
uh, mass market honeys, the bees are literally fed pure sugar. It's literally, it's like a factory farm for bees. It's actually, if, from the ethical point of view, it's really not good because the bees are basically force-fed a sugar solution. So they pump out the sweetest honey possible. And then and they pump it out as fast as possible. Whereas if you take it from like a local farmer, it's going to take maybe four times as long to create the honey. But obviously, it's a slower process, so it's going to be more... Um, vitamin and mineral rich. It's also sort of like a backwards approach to it. Well, certainly it was mine because I've, you know, I've been guilty of buying the cheapest bloody honey. I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been paid very poorly in my early stages of my rugby career, and <laughs> I was, you know, cutting corners was always a win. And I've been buying the cheapest honey. But if I, this is this is how my brain works. I don't know if it's how anyone else is. If I spend one pound fifty on a jar of honey. I'm not worried about running through that thing real quickly. I'm not worried right, about okay. spreading it everywhere. Whereas if <laughs> yeah, I spend good yeah. money on a manuka honey. I'm rationing that thing like you know, like we're in trouble. Yeah. So I'm using a teaspoon only because yeah. I'm like, right, that cost me 15 quid. I don't, I don't want to see that just splurge all over my housemate's pancakes. Like, like, yeah, but like, I don't know if anyone else thinks like that. But that's how my brain works. It's like, yeah. But that's right. probably a good thing, right? Because if, yeah, you're, if you're using it more in moderation, like if you're not like getting through a jar of honey a week, then yeah, it's, but it's bad like, if you're buying the cheap one and using it really, yeah, <laughs> using it in bucket loads. Yeah, you're better off almost avoiding the cheap one and having less of it. And yeah. have a better one, aren't you, really? But like you say, my, my, again, I'm not educated enough to with the honeys, but my quickest... You're not educated with the honeys? No, like... <laughs> with, with, yeah, yeah, as well. A married um, man. Yeah. But um, with like, choosing honey, my logical thing was to choose whether it was cold-processed. Yeah. And then I was sort of looking at the location, but, yeah, I was always looking maybe, like, UK and whether it was cold processed. Yep. I don't know if they're the biggest points to maybe go off or whether or not they don't the app don't carry much weight. Yeah, no it does. So so other things. So kinda of like the juices, unpasteurized is obviously a lot better. Um, back to what Christian was saying, ninety nine percent of the honeys, I think maybe hundred percent of the honeys you find in the supermarket are going to be pasteurized because it extends the shelf life. And Tesco's or Asda aren't going to want to take on a honey that has got shelf life of a month because they're going to have to turn over the stock picker and it won't make much sense for them. But if you buy it from a local farmer uh, and it's unpasteurized and that locks in all the enzymes, which is the stuff which is going to give you the hay fever repellent, obviously, because all the enzymes are the pollen, but yeah. it's going to be a lot richer in vitamins and minerals uh, and the antioxidants. So, uh, yeah, unpasteurized is definitely the way to go. It's hard to find though, isn't it? Because oh, yeah, if, it if, is. I mean, I live in the town and... Yep. You guys both live in towns. It's not as readily available. I can't just nip round to the local farmer and be like, have you got a jar of that honey? And yeah. whilst you're at it, I'll have six of your hen's eggs. <laughs> it's not, I don't have that luxury. Yeah, so, yeah. what would you, what's your biggest thing if, if you want to choose honey? I just. The price isn't necessarily, because some people these nuka honeys and they're yeah. plus 20s and they're plus. <laughs> It's, it's I hear crazy. it's a little bit gimmicky, and it's not necessarily as medicinal as, as, as they advertise. I tend to, I, I recommend like manukas and stuff to people who have certain deficiencies and whatnot, but just the average person, whether you can be bothered to spend that amount of money, yes, ideally it'd be great to spend money on the best possible manukas, but mm. is it completely necessary? Um, the way I sort of go around it is I just generally don't eat an awful lot of honey maple syrup and whatnot because if I can't find a really good source on it I'd rather not necessarily buy it. Well let's put it this way so if you're having like going back to what Sal said like a bowl of oats in the morning mm. for the price of like a really good quality honey you could get like you put a banana and some rubies on there exactly. it's probably going to give you the same sweetness but you're going to get a lot more fibre a lot more nutrients from them anyway rather than just like a little teaspoon of the sweetener because mm. obviously that would be the ideal choice. Yeah. I use fats as well I like I yeah. love nut butter instead of honey and um, then you sort of eliminate that, the, you know, the, the stuff that we've been discussing the last five, ten minutes. Sugar fix from nut butter, but about there's carrying no sugar at all. It's, nut it, it really, like, in terms of its satiety, it's brilliant. I find it great. Like, yeah. I, I always have nut butter, not always, but if I, in the evenings, if I'm craving something sweet, I'll always go to my peanut butter jar or my almond yeah. butter jar rather than anything else because yeah. Yeah. it makes me feel full and yeah. it also gives me that I don't know what it is, I don't know why. But it's got enough about it to give you that sort of, oh, I've just had a little dessert or yeah, I've had something great. Um, yeah. So I always head for the fats before the sugars. It's just, mm. and I probably, I don't know if any research is going to come out about what is an unhealthy amount of nut butter to be consuming, but I'm probably borderline <laughs> on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's luckily that I'm a very active human being. Yeah. 
and maple syrup. So that, do you use that much? I don't. I would like to. I just, like I said, again, I don't spend, I don't really spend my money on yeah, yeah. these. And if I was going to, I just, you, I prefer the use of honey on more things. Okay. Like maple syrup, I probably only ever use on a pancake or if I yeah, once yeah. in a blue moon was making like a streaky bacon and blueberry whatever and I want a bit of maple syrup I just wouldn't get much use out of it and again to buy a good yeah, sort yeah. a good a good source of it I just wouldn't really necessarily invest in it however you can get some good benefits from buying a well sourced maple syrup yeah maple syrup's good it's got some good um, vitamins when they when you talk about sweetening you say it's got a good content of vitamins and minerals it's always in perspective isn't it because for a sweetener like a good content of vitamins and minerals is so much less than like a potato or a sweet potato, you know, you're going to get so much more for buying that whole food. And so, like anything like a beaver, uh, maple syrup or honey, has always got much more trace amounts than like a whole food. Uh, but maple syrup is good, obviously, from a vegan point of view, that is like a nice sweetener, like as an alternative to, for honey. If you don't want to eat honey, then maple syrup or coconut sugar would probably be the next best yeah. things. I would say maple syrup, 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 mm. maple syrup, honey, and uh, coconut sugar would be the top three like natural sweeteners. Yeah, they're all natural. And then, I mean, we haven't discussed stevia, but... Yeah, so we're going to come on to that, uh, well, we come on to that now if you want, basically the sugar-free sweeteners, because that's even more confusing, right? Like, the, the realm of what's good and what's bad, and because, and, basically, where sugar has been uh, made the enemy in the last few years, a lot more uh, sugar-free sweeteners have come to the surface. The things like stevia, xylitol, uh, Sucralose, aspartum, um, can you think of any others? Uh, yes, the one that's used in a lot of protein powders, but the name has Sorbitol. escaped me. Sorbitol? Maybe. Sucralose? No, not sucralose. It'll come to me in a minute. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, throw, I'll throw someone under the bus there's, in a minute. <laughs> there's, some, there's some murky ones out there, but they're all marketed as sugar-free sweeteners, so you're automatically thinking that some are good, and well, you're automatically thinking that they're all going to be good, because they contain no sugar, but they give the sweetness, so that's a win, right? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, aspartame has already been thrown under the bus by many people. I think yeah. that's sort of, I think that people are becoming far more aware of the dangers of that. It's carcinogenic, um, so it you know, makes cancer cells more active, more active, and there's just a whole world of issues. Um, yet, the, like, I don't know, the governing bodies or whoever it is are yet to sort of announce and take responsibility for it, but I've read that it's like 900 officially published studied papers it's, about it it's like it there's it, no running away from aspartame it is mental and even if like what i find is they have to be filtered down so even if these studies are being pra practiced now it's going to take years for the legislation to come in place for yeah. people like coca-cola and the big people that've got loads of money to throw at these things to actually get yeah. it out of their products no doubt they're throwing that money to help yeah. keep it quiet as yeah, well you know probably yeah or into studies to show that aspartame yeah, is exactly. okay because for every study that shows it, I just think if there's any element of risk for something like that, something that is so easily avoided, <coughs> don't take the risk. It just doesn't yeah, make any it's sense. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, I, I don't, I've been using this uh, bit of detail for a while without actually then following up the research to see whether it's UK based as well. But supposedly you can now in the US um, put aspartame in milk products without listing it on the ingredient list. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I've, I've, I've heard that in a documentary on Food Matters TV, I think. Okay. Um, and then I, I did dig into that and did get a lot of truth out from the internet. Yeah. Um, saying that that, it, that is true and that is so, which wow. is crazy. That's mental. Bear in mind, we won't talk about milk on this, but bear in mind that milk's probably already got its fair share of rubbish in it anyway. Yeah. To then throw that in there on top to make it sweeter, that just, that's something that's weird of our population that we have to have so much sweetness in everything. Yeah. In order to, you know, become desensitized, that's the thing. Um, yeah. You forget because you're desensitized, you don't appreciate the sensitive flavors of real foods. Well, so I can guarantee if I poured you a glass of Coke now, someone that eats a whole food, like healthy diet, if I poured you a glass of Coke now, you'd go, Whoa, what the hell is in that? Wouldn't you? Like, you freak out, it would be sensory overload. Yeah. But because, like you say, you become desensitized to it, like, you just can drink that stuff all the time, and then mm. you just, like, you don't know any different. Yeah. And that's almost like these chemicals in the products are sort of almost controlling your palate, aren't they? Yeah. They're making you crave more sweetness, and then you buy more stuff from Coca Cola, and then they make more money. Especially the subtly in everything. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, it's just being conscious that it's in, I mean, it's in your breads. Yeah. You put it in your yeah, bread, yeah. Because oh, the bread have a little bit of flavour. 
really put it in all your sweets, all your desserts, all your... When it's in foods that are processy food, because the food has no nutritional value, because that has no flavour in the processy food, so then they top it up with salts yeah. and sugars in order to make it, your body be tricked that it's it supposedly is nutritious. And, um, and then, like you say, you don't even know half the time that you're eating all these foods, and then you wonder why we have trouble trying to get out of our diets. That's addictive anyway, <laughs> yeah. hence. It's supposed to be in over 90% of products in supermarkets, on right. average, is me are meant to contain either sugar or artificial sweeteners or well, you know some sort of sugar replacement. 90% of what is in a well, store. One way I do is a test. Like If I go into a garage pay to refill my car, I um I can't buy anything from the garage apart from a bottle of water. Yeah, yeah. You've got plastic sort of leaching into your bottle of water. <laughs> yeah. But like I actually can't find anything I can eat. And they don't normally have a banana or, or, or an orange that, that that I can eat in the go. Because actually if you break down every product, there's a lot of rubbish in every product there. Yeah. And um, that shows the extent that you can't find one edible ingredient in a... You, know, you have that hallelujah moment when you come across something and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> they, they, and, that's, and that goes back to like why a lot of people, and I don't, again, I'd never blame these people necessarily, it's why bother? You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I understand the everyday person who just can't be asked to deal with it. I yeah. mean, without taking it to two extreme levels, I... There's no excuse for completely misusing your body, I don't believe. But yeah. to the people that are sort of sat on the verge and sat on the fence on a lot of it, no wonder because it's 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 a big fight to fight. It is. Mm. Well, this is it, and like you say, with like if you if you go into one of Sal's garages, you've you've got so-called healthy options on the shelves, but there's something like maybe like a Nutrigrain bar, which yeah. is kind of packed with like the I sugar. Used to think they were yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, like, became the, at least I couldn't go in there, and some of these. Garages, they are little supermarkets within themselves. Yeah. And I mean, I searched the whole place. I wanted to find one thing. And sometimes you have to sacrifice it and just have your your, your little <coughs> food. But it's not yeah. even that nice, like you say, when it's a sugar overload yeah. or, or you know you're not eating anything decent, it doesn't feel that tasty. We'll be eating yeah. pellets. So it's like, <laughs> in 20 years' time, when all the research comes out, we'll be allowed to eat pellets <laughs> or something well. only. You've, the, you've seen like Huel and everything. Yeah, yeah man, it's great. But it's, it's the more it comes out. But then I think a lot of the issues is the accessibility of food. Mm. So like you say, you go to a petrol station, it's like a mini supermarket. It is food and food choices are in your face the whole time. Mm. Yeah. And if that's not enough, say, when you even if you go to a good store, even a Whole Foods, for example, you go, and I don't blame them, it's how they make money. You're queuing to pay at Whole Foods yeah, yeah, yeah. and they put all the sweetest all things. All the on-bars at the Yeah, they're all there yeah, right yeah. next to you when you're, you're most vulnerable. You're still waiting, you're in the queue, you're bored yeah. and you think, oh yeah, I'll have one of those, it's only a pound. You know, and it's, I don't blame them, I'd do the same thing if I ran a store. But <laughs> it's, it's so accessible absolutely everywhere we go. Like they're in your, the decisions are in your face the whole time. And that's I one thing I'll say. That's the problem, like, that's a big problem of it all, isn't it? Like you can, okay, I'm going to have my honey, I'm going to have my, but if you're, eating sugar 20 different times a day yeah. through 20 different variations that's where the biggest problem is really isn't it yeah. but when you become aware and you start cutting it out then you start your palate starts to start adjusting then you're in a good place but the problem is it's sometimes a lonely place because when <laughs> you go to the supermarket and all your mates are picking stuff and you can't even find yeah. Or you can find a bottle of water and, and luckily you might find a banana. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't eat no... I, I, I don't eat no sugar. I'm not on that. I, and I eat... I love fruit. I just... Maybe two pieces a day, not five. Yeah. And I I don't cut sugar completely out of my diet. I So I do use... I have some bars and stuff that will contain some stuff. But I just... I'm always aware of what's going into my body. So I'll yeah. make a conscious decision of, okay, what have I consumed... And then you know what, I can't have that. Or I've just worked out, okay, maybe that's not going to be the end of the world. It's like you say, if you're having it in every single product, if your diet's not naturally whole food based or anything like that, yep. then you've really, really, you're, the amount you're consuming is crazy. Yeah. Whereas if you're getting most of your food from the right sources and stuff, and then if you're facing that decision, what I, what I do advise people is not get to, not to get in a stress over food. So, because yep. I've been there, I've tried to be like clean, 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 clean. Okay. clean. 
and you get stressed and you start not enjoying the diet and, and you start facing these things and that's not good for you. You become unsociable, you yeah. become serious, you become, you become judgmental and you become, become negative like the world's against you. Yeah. I know what you mean, there's a balance between it. Sometimes you've got to go through that maybe. Maybe to then come back the other side. Yeah. And don't, you, don't you think as but, well, like both of you guys have probably been there, the more you eat like a whole food based diet, the less you're attracted to these things anyway, yeah, I mean, like the less you walk into a store. I don't, I don't see any soda drinks. Yeah. I don't see no. any of these things. All I just find is there's just not much around, but I yeah, yeah. I'm not enticed by it. Yeah, exactly. True. I can't remember the last time I craved yeah. a soda drink or something. No, I, I, honestly, yeah, I can't remember the last time I craved one. Like, I look forward to the big class. Like, I just love drinking water. So to me, it's like, oh, just, it's refreshing. It's like, I really enjoy it. <clears> but I do, I go slightly just going back, like, that, that situation of stress when it comes to healthy eating. Yeah that if being healthy is causing you stress, that's you need to go back, that's unhealthy. Yeah. So you need yeah. to go back and look at what you're doing and have a re and reassess because, really especially process. with food as well, I believe, I really believe that there's something great about food and it probably came from ancestral times is that food is there to be shared and it's there to be enjoyed as a group. Sure. Um, we've, you know, with the way the world works now and the way the society is and I'm the same, we eat on the go the whole time. We eat on the move, on the move, and that's fine because I mean people argue that it's not good for you. However, it's completely understandable because everything's fast-paced. But there's something so brilliant about the way food brings people together. Yeah. If in those situations you're finding yourself stressing out, not able to eat anything, which I have been because you know I I took gluten and dairy out of my diet at the beginning of last year, and I sort of found I was going to dinner parties and whatnot and sort of sat there not yeah. enjoying it or worrying. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, after about yeah. six months of doing so, I was sort of like, right, okay. If there is a situation, some food is better than no food, and enjoying the experience is better than not enjoying it. And I, I think that take that as you will. <laughs> well, what is it? The, the, what's that saying? So the stress about eating that slice of cake is going to be so much worse than the slice of cake itself. Because if you're beating yourself up for two days after that slice of cake that you ate, and you're restricting your diet and like you're stressing out, and that's going to just cause so much more havoc than the cake itself. That's why I think, yeah, it's changing things subtly, isn't it? It's not being yeah, extreme. Exactly. Because also the results are never going to be that quick, are they? These results come over time. Yeah. So I think if you are going to make changes, make small changes. And, um, and then, um, yeah, I found the same. Like, I found also, I actually found when you become healthier and stronger, that actually it makes you more able to have rubbish food when you want to have it because your, bon your body's strong enough to take it. When my body was weak, when I was eating this junk food and I was eating these sugars, it just used to make me blow. I used to get very tired, I used to get, let's say, energy problems. Yeah. But now, if I'm healthy and strong, these food, if I do eat bad foods, I don't get so much adverse reactions because well, it's a touch of size. Much yeah, your gut's probably in a far better like, place. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's so almost, if you're at a strong place, you're almost more deservable. You can almost be entitled to have this junk food if you go to a, a party or whatever else. You should enjoy that, not be the other way, not be even more extreme. Yeah. That was how I originally started. If I right. went to a party, I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat anything. Yeah. I'd just have bottles. No, and then people think you're, you're rude or, or whatever, and then you've got to explain to people a thousand times. It's also not a good market it? for <laughs> healthy eating, is it? Like, if you're trying to tell everyone and tell your friends and be the face of this like healthy lifestyle yeah. and you've got an empty plate and they're all having a great time and you're and beating yeah. yourself up. They're you're like, the skinny guy. They're like, who's, happy, the they're, who's happier, oh, mate? And I tell you what, they shoot you down straight away. As yeah, soon yeah. as you oh, eat yeah. crisp or something like that, that's it. The whole table is looking at yeah, you. Yeah. Are you eating sweets, Christian? Yeah, I am. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely, there's definitely that sort of stigma attached. So, like, don't. if you're, if you're the last person to order a restaurant and you order something healthy, having <laughs> everyone else just order pizza and stuff, <laughs> everyone's heads just turn and looking yeah, yeah, yeah. like you bastard. <laughs> I'm now going to eat this pizza, feeling every calorie. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, and I'm always so... that guy. Uh, we got mass yeah, massively off on a tangent was, there, but that was no, it definitely um, is. Um, we were talking about a Spartan, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So a Spartan bad, unless anyone's going. Spartan to thumbs down. Yeah, keep away from that. Uh, sucralose and sorbitol are two other uh, artificial sweeteners that you see quite a lot. Christian, don't if you got anything particular to say on those. Sucralose is a difficult one. I. <clears throat> 
it's no, there's not enough out there at the moment to justify that it's bad. Yep. But I think you only have to use, you know, a bit of foresight and look at where we've come from a spa team and stuff to sort of perhaps expect that in the future we'll be reading research explaining how bad it is. There is some stuff out there. Yep. Um, so, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but I'll try and stay clear of it where possible. I wouldn't um, have a panic attack if it got into my food, but I'd, I'd avoid it wherever possible. It's got the word lose in it as well, so, you know, it's got to... <laughs> yeah. you never had much of it in your diet? Sucrose, I don't think I've, I've really had it. Um, I, I know it's in, like, a lot of uh, mainstream protein powders. Obviously yeah, that's the only sort of dealing I've had with it, yeah. and I obviously I responded really badly to whey and a lot of cheap uh, protein powders but was that because of the sucralose or because of yeah, you know the whey protein it's it's I was going to say exactly the same every time I've had a supplement with it in I've had a reaction to it one way or another whether that's feeling discomfort in my digestion okay but again I couldn't tell you if that's the other bit in, in the supplement but yeah. I've had it where it's not been a whey whether it's been like a BCAA product where it's been quite clean but it's had sucralose in it and um I found it from just feeling it out, I found it maybe not feel too good and I stopped taking the product. Yeah. But again, is it was it the other fillers it had in the product or anything else? But that's one way of telling, isn't it? Just listen to your body. It goes back to the sort of debate of like for me this is I, I I ramble on about it, but it's why on earth do we why do we need to create things like sucralose? Why it's six hundred times sweeter than sugar. Wow. So it's being manufactured. And it's just to feed our inability to not have something sweet. Yep. And it's mad. And we're fueling this um, sort of need for sweetness. And it, it, it and it's, it's the smart move from manufacturers because, you know, if you get a load of people chasing after sugar, then, okay, how else can they make things sweet? Because many of the people chasing after sugar still want the sweet things. Yep. So, you know, it just needs to find a new disguise. And sucralose is probably the most popular disguise at the moment. Yeah. Um, my my general beliefs on it is I won't openly like slate it or say anything because I'm not in a position to do so with research and whatnot because it's yet to come. But I will avoid it because I've just got a feeling that it's it's it needs to be avoided. Yeah, one thing that interested me was sucralose. They did a test on sucralose and they did the same test on stevia, which we'll come on to in a minute. But they found that when people had sucralose, it gave the body the same response as it would when it has sugar. So it got you got an insulin spike. But then the body was like, well, hang on, there's no sugar here to process. Yeah. And then the body gets confused. And then when it took in sugar the next time, it would take, it would secrete more insulin because it's like, well, we need to have more to do yeah. with all the sugar. Whereas when they did it on stevia, it didn't have the same response. So I don't know if that's, because sucralose is made from sugar molecules, it's basically just isolated sugar molecules, mm. right? And then it kind of... Yeah, and it's just like your body can't digest it. Yeah, exactly. But you're still kind of, still sort of processing it in the same way as sugar. Whereas stevia, because I think that's like a natural plant compound, then I think that has a response. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the biggest issues with these sort of zero-calorie syrups yeah. and whatnot that are going everywhere and sucralose is that sort of your body's response to actually, yes, you might not be consuming the calories and whatever from sugar, yeah. but you are creating your body... Uh, ability to crave sugar. You are sort of stimulating a response by where it wants yeah. something like it. So is that, you know, again, it's pretty inversely. And I would say in general, if you feel like you're at that point where your body is craving sugar every two to three hours, you're always like, it gets to like 11 o'clock and then you need a sweet fix. Like you need some sugar in your coffee or you need like a, a sugary snack bar or a piece of fruit to like keep you going. And I think that's probably a sign that you need to back off, maybe from yeah. the sweetness as well. You want to get your body to a point where it can take the sugar and the sweetness tastes nice but it's not like you don't it needs to depend on it like your body can switch fuel sources yeah. and burn fat for energy and stuff so yeah but stevia very very quickly um i really like stevia i know sal you like it too because there's no uh, there's no bad studies about it all the studies are positive um it's something like 500 times sweeter than sugar so you only need a really really small amount and it doesn't give you your body doesn't process it or metabolize it in the same way as sucralose so yeah, stevia is a good option if you're trying to cut down on your sugar intake. Obviously, it's zero calorie, and you only need a very, very small amount. So stevia can be a good option if you're trying to cut down on sugar. I think. Yeah, yeah thumbs up. Thing, yeah. And I think you don't use it, do you? So exactly. Yeah. I mean, too much is a good thing, and um, and I just think yeah, it's the best option out there. I know some people um, struggle yeah. with the taste, and I think that's just yeah. learning how to use it. 
because the overuse. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it's so, it's so sweet and it's so sensitive. It does yeah. have a slightly different it taste. Does. Yeah. It's just learning to deal with that, and obviously, that's that's just developing yeah. a response to it, learning how to use it in things. Um, mm. But in general, in terms of its sort of physiological effects and stuff, it seems to all be real good and we found that didn't we Sal when creating perform like we would find that the tiniest like 0.01% of stevia change yeah. would make such but, a difference yeah, it made a difference it have a, yeah yes you would really based on not point yeah not really yeah. it's yeah. funny because when I we were at the veg fest or whatever it was which I came and helped you guys out yeah a few people were like oh I can taste the stevia and yeah, some people yeah. didn't get it at all yeah um, it, was, it was it was really interesting to sort of I I'm not very responsive. I, I it was it was the it was the last thing on my mind when I was tasting the perform for the yeah, first time yeah. was like the oh I can taste stevia. Mm. I was sort of just happy to find a plant protein that didn't make me gag. But mm. it's it, people seem to be super responsive to it and yeah I think as far as as far as it goes as a sugar replacement it's 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 all it's all brilliant. Just learn how to use it appropriately. You probably won't be able to incorporate it as willingly as you can other stuff into no. some of your dishes and whatnot that you are throwing sugar onto. For sure, mm. and it's pretty much the same with xylitol. Uh, xylitol, and there is what's the other one? Erythrol starts with me. I think erythrol or something, but it ends in ol. If you see a sugar that ends in ol, that basically means it's a polyol. So it's an indigestible sugar which will pass through uh, the gut unabsorbed. Xylitol is made from tree bark. Now, in theory, these things are really good because they are sugar-free sweeteners and um, there's no kind of adverse health benefits that we know of. But I do know that some people, just from anecdotal evidence, that some people do struggle to process them. So people will find like digestive discomfort with xylitol because it is essentially it's the sugar that feeds gut bacteria. So if your gut bacteria are a little bit out of balance, then it can cause like gas or bloating or something like that. Uh, when you have xylitol so for something like that I would say just be aware of them listen to your body's response start very very slowly and if you're reacting badly to it then um, maybe it's a sign that it's not right for you right now but obviously you know there's um, you know it all depends on on your own system so kind of test it take a small amount and just kind of see how you react really that's what I'd say on those ones yeah uh, again I'd I've never delved massively into xylitol, but um, I just think, in general, in sugar, we're going to discuss artificials, <coughs> non-artificial. You will find more and more artificial things creeping into food as we go on, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll become... Yeah. And yeah. maybe one day manufacturers will nail it and they will actually come up with stuff that can be created in a factory that can actually have no negative health effects and can be super great and super good for you. Hopefully that will occur, but until then I'd far rather yeah. just, but whenever think, possible, eat yeah. real foods, yeah. natural foods. But I think there's nothing in this whole world that's amazing for you. It always has to be good for you, but in the right dosages, isn't it? Yeah. There's always there's too much of everything good. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it's just finding what, what's a good thing and just finding how much to put in it because like you say like stevia is currently acting as a great one but I'm sure if you're putting in a high dose of stevia in, in lots of different things then it'd be too yeah. much stevia in your system yeah. and um, so I think yeah we are definitely going to see more as technology improves and this food becomes more manufactured that people are going to want to flavour stuff and I just think the, the right way is probably getting the right dosage in your system but like you say, I don't find I'm using any artificial sweeteners other than in products that I use or snack bars that I eat. I find I'm just eating whole foods and in my drinks I find I'm just having the natural flavour of the drink. Or like you say, I'm using honey and I've even been using any dark syrup here and there in, in porridge oats with almond milk. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, it's just like Much the right amounts, isn't it? Much of like the non much of like the zero sugar stuff and the artificial sweeteners, like much of it that worries me is that it's so much of it is marketed and um, sort of the praises are sung on it because of aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. And um, so loads of people will go to it because it can basically be better when you take a picture of your abs on Instagram or 
just generally want to look good for someone. I'm not. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to have a perfect body and having your body as a temple. I think you, it's your body. Do what you want with it. Being healthy is brilliant. If you want to look one way or the other, that's wicked. Um, you know, take pride in your appearance. That's cool. But if you're going to throw a load of rubbish into your body to make your body look better from the outside, what is the effect? Think, try and think a bit deeper about the effects that's having on the inside of your body. Because there's the longevity, it's all in the inside, it's not on the outside. That six pack doesn't have the longevity, your gut has the longevity. Um, but sadly, whilst we have Instagram and stuff as the biggest marketing tool for fitness and whatnot, if the person with the best abs is then going to say that he's having zero calorie syrup, yeah. which is so readily available Cause everywhere. Because it, it fits his macros. Because it right? fits the macros. Yeah. And that's what people are going to buy. It because you can't see how many times that guy's going to the toilet or how he's going to the toilet, and you can't yeah. see what he's thinking yeah. of his energy dip. I wouldn't want to. I don't, well, no, maybe that's Insta that Maybe. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? There's, there's, you don't see the other side of it. You don't yeah. see what's going on in his brain function. It's, I just, I think, in a world that like, is so run by social and aesthetics, that these and things are going to get so much. Yeah these things are going to continue to grow and the praise is going to be and the demand is always going to be there for something that fits someone's macros, for example. Um, and I hope that doesn't sound like negative towards people who are fitting the macros because like I said, it's your body, do what you want with it, but just try and think about the effects it's having on you because you can... Yeah, no, basically just to elaborate on what Christian said, I think, and this would be a nice way to wrap it up, but I think the ultimate... Uh, indicator of whether something works for you, something is healthy for you, is how you feel. We're all going to respond differently to different foods. Um, you might find that you get on really well with honey, you don't get on so well with maple syrup, whatever it is. Listen to your body and don't always um, take everything you read as gospel because there's uh, a lot of misinformation out there on the internet. So I'd say listen to your body, um, find what works for you and do that because it knows a lot more than any kind of textbook or PubMed study or anything like that. Uh, that you can read so yeah that's just how I'm at it. No, I completely agree I think I'm sharing my views my opinions you're sharing yours yeah um, but that's just generally to try and give people the best guidelines possible yeah. and as most yeah. honest feedback and um, just try and give people the tools but you yourself are the most powerful person of all of this you try it yeah um, your beliefs might be very different to someone else's and if it works for you it works for you um, but just trying to provide honest opinion yeah. and feedback is the yeah. end. For sure. Um, but ditching a Spartan, yeah. But getting, but getting rid of a Spartan. Yeah. And maybe don't go near the naked smoothies. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> there we go. They're going to come after me soon. I've got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. you imagine a I'm going to have a lawsuit smoothies. soon from Martin naked smoothies. Wow. I'm a retired rugby player trying to set up a new business so they, they can come after me but I don't have much to get from so. You'll be the bad, the bad <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see actually in Outside Whole Foods they've got a massive naked smoothie bottle just out of interest. Like on the, yeah, on the, um, you'll see it when you go back past but they've got like a massive naked smoothie bottle. I'm worried now, is it my lip? <laughs> so they've got, they've got a big old marketing budget. <laughs> so we go, what I'm going to do, I'll go back through and edit this and it'll be a generic own brand smoothie. <laughs> just beware. Um, but yeah, if you can make your own smoothies from home, if you're going to add some healthy fats to it, it's a nice plant-based protein powder. Mm. I hear there's a really good one knocking about at the moment. Apparently. Yeah. I know, we're in winter, like, maybe we should be eating more soups and more hot foods and... Yeah. yeah. I do say, like, even in winter, let's just give ourselves a break. Yeah. Let, let's leave that for, you know, when was the best time of the year to start putting smoothies in your diet. But yeah. during the winter, you're meant to be eating more warm foods, aren't you? Well, do you find as well, your body probably craves more warming foods at this time of year, right? So yeah, that's it. And yeah. I think we naturally need to listen to that because they found that warm is better. It's more better for getting your digestion moving. Yep. Yeah, well, we're still seasonal animals. We might have air we might have heating, but yeah. we're still seasonal animals, aren't we? We get, we're finding it harder to get out of bed in the morning because it's dark. Yep. Finally, we're getting tired earlier at yeah. night. Um, and that's the same for your diet. Think about what you'd be eating if you didn't have your aircon and you didn't have heating, what you'd be eating at those sort of times. I think we're still seasoned animals and I think yeah. your gut sort of knows that. Mm. That's for sure. Herbal teas and yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like and putting some spices in your food and you're yep. having nice spices in your teas and I'm not really liking it. Yeah. But last thing I probably want to do is wake up in a cold morning and then have to make a cold smoothie because I still think it's the healthy option. But yeah, you exactly. Want to break out that mold and be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, I think we've covered a, a lot. Yeah. Here, so um, we will let you go, let you get on with your day. This is our last podcast before Christmas. Um, 
we will be back strong in the new year. I hope you guys have an awesome holiday. Uh, chill out, relax, treat yourself a few times. Uh, don't worry too much about hitting your max lows over the holiday season because they'll still be there in January. Uh, enjoy the time with your friends and family. Don't stress if you slip up or make a bad food choice. Have a few drinks if you want them. Um, and yeah, enjoy it. And we will come back to you strong in the new year. Sal, Christian, thanks for joining me. Cheers, thanks. man. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Christmas. And we'll see you all again soon.